In 2012, I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Saraceno through an introduction by way of David Lewis. I'll never forget my first audience with Chris. I was impressed with the time he took to learn more about how I came to work for DLA. We discussed life, marketing, and business. All the while, Chris spoke to me as an equal, without gender bias, class distinction, or our differences when it came to career status. Chris Saraceno has led an outstanding life, which he has so graciously attributed to the mentors within it and shared their insight in his book, Theory of Five. Chris is the vice president as well as a partner of the Kelly Automotive Group, which is prestigiously recognized within the automotive industry. He is an author, speaker, business executive in two states, leader, as well as a loving husband and father. We at David Lewis and Associates are proud to partner with him and with the Kelly Group. Good afternoon, Chris. Thank you very much uh, for sitting with me and chatting with me today. At David Lewis and Associates, we definitely consider you one of uh, the influencers in the automotive industry, so I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and it's my pleasure. Can you just um, tell our audience a little bit about your journey, particularly what led you um, to a career in the automotive industry? Well, I'm going to say that uh, it was by accident. Most people that are involved in the auto industry, unless your father or mother or family members were part of it, it's by accident. And no different with me. It was by accident that I had all intent of graduating college and being a wrestling coach and working for a school or doing something different or uh, working with an ad agency. It just so happened that in the gym one day, uh, a friend of mine uh, mentioned when he overheard me talking that I didn't want to make a long drive uh, to this uh, ad agency I was going to work with, uh, and he said, you would be great at car sales. And I remember my comment was, I know nothing about the auto industry, or I know, I know nothing about cars. And he said, you know people, Chris. And he said, you've helped people for years in the gym, I watch you, and that's what's most important, is helping people. Uh, and that was, a ver that was natural for me, helping people. How important was it for you to share your setbacks and hardships in your book? And by the way, thank you for sharing all that. Well, thank you. Uh, well, the, the book was writ written, uh, when, I think you've read the book yes, yourself, uh, that it was written as a, an idea. To me, it was a gift to my family uh, to share that you know life isn't easy and there's going to be setbacks and uh, it's who you surround yourself with that makes a difference. They're going to help you pull out of that and help you excel in life or you're going to be somebody that's going to just keep digging yourself deeper or just going to have an average life. But to me, I look at it and say, hey, we have one life. Why not make the best of our lives and make sure we're, we're on the right people? So tell us a little bit about the Kelly Group. Well, the Kelly Group has been, they started in the industry in 1934, uh, and then they moved to the Lehigh Valley close to 50 years ago. It's been a family-owned business. Uh, I believe I'm the first person that's been a partner in stores that was not a f Kelly uh, family member in all the stores. Right. But they're a great group of people to work with. They've been great role models, great mentors. I've been very fortunate that Mr. Robert Kelly, he's still actively involved. He's going to be 84 years old. Oh, wow. uh, and then you got Greg Kelly, who's my age, and, and you got Tim Kelly. So the, the family's just been wonderful to work with has been uh, very supportive in, uh, in helping me and supporting me in growth and training and uh, investing money and time and effort. Who is your customer? Who is the Kelly on? Now obviously you have multiple rooftops, mm -hmm. but overall who is your customer? Well I would say everybody's our customer because um, a few years ago we never sold as-is cars. Uh, we would sell only cars that were uh, new or premium used vehicles. Uh, yeah two, three, four, five-year-old vehicles. I had to pass a certain inspection. And then when the economy took a, a drop in 2008, 9, 10, we had a lot of our customers say, we would rather buy a 
as-is vehicle or a less expensive vehicle from the Kelly Automotive Group because you're so transparent. We actually have our as-is vehicles. We do still do 150-point inspection. We do the three-day money-back guarantee on the vehicle. Uh, and we actually share, this is what our technicians found. Here's what we repaired, here's what we didn't repair, and you're welcome to take it to your own technician to have them take a look at it, but it's to make sure we could price it right so they know what they're getting involved in versus going to someone's used car lot and then telling them how, what a great vehicle it is. We disclose it no different than if they were our best friend or relative if we were gonna sell that vehicle to them. Now you mentioned training, so obviously that's a very important part mm -hmm. of the Kelly Group. How long have you been a partner of uh, David Lewis and Associates? We've been working with David for over 20 years. We started with him in F&I and working with him there. And uh, since then, as he has grown and we have grown, we have partnered together. And it's so convenient since he has a training center so close by. They're 45 minutes to an hour away. Uh, we feel like it's an obligation you have when you join it, when a new team member joins our company, that they are trained properly. Uh, because you spend all this time and effort in advertising and all this money to bring somebody in to have them talk to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing makes no sense whatsoever. And what do you like most about the DLA philosophy? Well, it's to me, it's it's very partnering. Uh, his process, uh, it's transparent. I believe it's what customers are looking for today. Uh, everybody has the image of a sales consultant, that you have to be pushy, aggressive, uh, that there's liars, that there are cheats, and that is not the case at all. There's so many good people in this business, and there's so many exceptional people that want to do the right thing, and David Lewis's process is really what the customer is looking for. How has partnering with David Lewis and Associates helped grow your dealership, specifically? Well, two, two ways. One, I believe that that when someone joins our company, everybody wants to feel proud of where they work. And the fact that they are being trained by a professional organization, the fact that they have to sit through classroom training and they know that the Kelly Automotive Group is investing in them, that shows from day one so when they're out with their friends and say, yes, I'm being trained. They might be dealing with somebody that one of their friends are working for a big corporation. They can look at that friend and say, well, I have to go through X amount of weeks of training to get trained here. I go down to David Lewis and Associates. I love the, uh, the whole training center, you have the pool tables, you have different areas. It's a great area that makes the Kelly Automotive Group. To, to me, it makes us look good. It shows that we care uh, about them. So that's one part of it. The other aspect is that, that they, they then know what, they're, they know what they're doing. Part of going down to training is the confidence they build. Even if they come back and they forget 80% of it, and they only remember 20% of it. The fact of influencing people is their body language, their tone, and when they go to David Lewis training, they come back with confidence. They feel that they know what they're doing. They understand and they meet that customer and it's completely different, and when they have confidence, they have a better way of influencing them to purchase a car from us. Why is continued learning as important in a dealership? I think continued learning in life is important, uh, but let alone when you make your living in taking care of customers. And there's things are changing so much in this industry. The product is changing so much. Customer needs, the internet. Things are changing so often in the last decade. In fact, our owner, uh, Robert uh, Kelly, said years ago, the founder of the company, uh, his comment was that, things have changed more in the last decade than my first 50 years in this business. So because things are changing so much, now more than ever, we have to keep up to date on what's happening. 
Again, when someone joins our team and they're a team member now, we have an obligation to make sure they're set up for success. And how do you set someone up for success if you don't send them the training? Now, we do some of our own internal training and we have the uh, Kelly sales process manual, but we know going to David Lewis and Associates, this is what they do every day and they're experts at it. What has David Lewis and Associates training meant for your customers? What David Lewis and Associates have done for our customers is transparency. And I believe that when a customer comes in and they meet somebody that they know is confident and competent and knows what they're doing when they're dealing with our sales consultants, our service advisors, it gives the overall experience they leave enthusiastic. It exceeds their expectations. I believe they walk in believing they're going to run into somebody that's a traditional sales consultant or traditional advisor that's going to be pushy and, you know, talk over them, and when they meet somebody that, does, that sits down with them, finds out what's important to them, and is an advisor, and is more of a consultant versus a salesperson, because I always believe salespeople sell what's best for them. A sales consultant does what's best for the customer, and I believe it comes through in, in their body language, and their tone, and in their words when they're talking to them. Do you have a particular story of someone within your organization that benefited from one of our workshops? I do. Uh, one of our top sales consultants started with us about 10 years ago. He's working with his father and at that time he uh, decided that working with his dad on a daily basis wasn't the best for their relationship so he joined our company and has gone through our David Lewis training online first uh, because that was before you had the training center and then once the training center opened he started going to that to that person and it's funny two of our top sales consultants one 10 years ago one about two years ago both work worked with the family business, decided it wasn't best for them, have gone through the David Lewis training as, and never sold a car before coming with us and are both in our top 10 sales consultants. And I believe it's absolutely the, the confidence they receive and how they feel that the company's investing them. Let's talk a little bit about accountability. How important is it for your general managers, your sales managers to buy into the program? It is crucial. Uh, it's the speed of the leader is the speed of the pack, and if the general manager and the managers are not bought into it, and this to me is one of the more baffling and confusing segments of our business because I truly don't understand why every manager wouldn't want to make sure with all the money that is invested in advertising to bring people in, and it's getting tougher all the time between all the different resources of advertising, I don't understand why everybody wouldn't want to make sure that everybody is 100% trained. It's like being a football player, being a wrestler, being a boxer, and not preparing and not practicing before you have the match or game day. That's how I look at going to David Lewis and doing training on a consistent basis. And to this day, there's still people that are fighting it. They still battle it once in a while. In fact, I'm going to reach over and I'm going to show you something here that what we do is we track everybody who's going through training, what classes they've gone through, because if we don't track it, it doesn't happen on a consistent basis, so we're tracking how many online classes they have, which classes are going to. We've chosen six or seven core classes from David Lewis that we believe that will make a difference in reaching our values, the Kelly values. How do you get the buy-in? How do you make that happen? Well, it's, it's constant communication. It's constantly monitoring because they know that we're tracking it. They know that we're talking about it. Uh, it's publicly talking about it in front of other people. It's recognizing the people that are doing a great job without publicly pointing out someone who isn't doing a good job. I believe we're all still like children and everybody still wants to be recognized. And when they see other people getting recognized, they want to jump in and say, well, I want that same recognition. You know, if it was that easy and, and 
and you didn't have to go to training, all the Kellys would have to do, or any dealer for that, all they'd have to do is hire a training company and a recruiting company, and they would have to sit back and just collect money. The fact is, managers have to managers and leaders have to lead. None of us would have a job if it was that easy. Uh, and making sure people are trained properly if you're not doing it, someone else is. And I believe every athlete that's out there that really stands out has that paranoia that, hey, if I'm not training right now, somebody else is uh, before that game day, before the match. That's almost the mindset we have to have in the auto industry, that if we're not training our people, the other dealership is. And if they're gonna train them and they're gonna have a better experience, that's gonna be the one that dominates your market. When we speak on the value of sales training, obviously the Kelly Automotive Group and you, you get it. There's tangible and then there's intangible. How do you measure an ROI with regard to coaching your employees? Well, we look at turnover. Uh, and in fact, we really have implemented in the last 60 days where uh, we make sure we track when somebody's hired, did they get toured, did we tour the facility, introduce them to people? What David Lewis, did we get them to sign up for David Lewis online? Did they go to any David Lewis classes? And at the end of the 30-day period or 60-day period, we have our HR department meet with them and ask them, do you feel like you've been set up for success with the Kelly Automotive Group? The reason we discovered this is because we have exit interviews. And during the exit interviews, we saw a pattern where some of the people that were leaving that we wanted to keep said, you know what, I don't believe after the first 30 days I received the training that I thought we should I should have, or I didn't have the continuous training. It was at the beginning and then it stopped. So that's one of the benefits of having David Lewis is that you could send people the first 30 days, but it's never ending. He's always coming up with new classes. There's always new workshops for someone to go through. And I truly believe that even though people, it's almost like a child. Sometimes your child doesn't want you to hold them accountable, make them do the homework, do the things that they don't really want to do, but they really do. They, they do because they know that you care and you love them. The same with a new team member. I believe that they may not want to go through the training six months down the road or a year down the road, but when you keep building the benefit and let them know it's because I care about you and it's because we have an obligation that you could support yourself and your family and continuous learning is a big part of that and it's part of our values, that's what makes them decide to stay when other people are after them because they know that there's somebody that cares enough to confront them and Conflict isn't bad. Sometimes you have to challenge people on it. Conflict could create chemistry when they know that you care about them. I love that you say obligation. You, you've used that word twice. I love that. How do you quantify the results you get from training? Well, it, it always comes down to our market share. It comes down to our, our sales. It comes down to our CSI. It comes down to turnover that we're looking at. And we're always comparing ourselves to the year before. We're comparing store to store. We're comparing ourselves because nothing is good or bad until compared to something else. Why not leave training up to your management team? You know, our managers do train. So we do our morning sales training and they do, it could be a David Lewis, they could choose something from online, but we believe that they're having an outside company, that that's all they do, that that's all they focus on, that they're an expert in it, and that when they have to go through classroom training for a full day or a four day class, that makes a difference because it gives them time to, to just focus on excelling and growing and start thinking about what they're not doing or what they should be doing while they're at work. How much of your increase in sales do you attribute to training? 
I think, I mean, I believe training is everything. I mean, I, I think it's the most important aspect, you know, other than, than having the buildings and the cars, it comes down to people. I mean, if, if you don't have the right people, every championship team, it's always about the people that you have on your team and recruiting them. And in this business, uh, you don't want to just keep stealing people from other dealerships because the good people stay at the same dealerships and the people that want to come from another dealership, in most cases, it's someone that's average at another dealership or didn't want to listen to what was going on, then they want to join our, our dealership. So what you really want to do is bring people in with an open mind and, and, they're, and they're willing to learn and they listen to what we're teaching at David Lewis and throughout the organization what we're teaching because we want to make sure what we teach and what David Lewis teaches they're in alignment with our values. And what we have found is David Lewis, what they're training at DLA is in alignment with the values of the Kelly Automotive Group. How important is professional development to one's personal growth and vice versa? And how do you see that play out within your dealership and its success? I truly believe when, when people are training and they're growing, it makes people feel good about themselves. Self-confidence, surrounding yourself with other people that are, you know, one of the benefits of the class is you get to talk to people that are other, at other dealerships. And when we're at the other dealerships, you hear different ideas. Or you look at somebody and you say, wait a second, if that person's selling 18 cars a month, why can't I do that? They don't seem any different than I do because you start comparing yourself to other people. It's, I, I keep using the word sports, but it's like anything in life. You start comparing yourself and saying, wait, if that person could do it, so could I. So I don't believe you just want to be locked into your store. You know, you want to compare yourself, you always want to compare yourself to the best. And the people that are going to David Lewis, it's the better dealers. It's the dealers that want to be great. So you, you don't have the average or below average dealers going to David Lewis. You have the dealers that are average to, to great going to that training session because they're the ones that get it. They're the ones that understand training is never ending. So that's who you're surrounding yourself with, the best out there. It takes a very special individual to lead. As an influencer and leader, what qualities do you look for in someone who you decide to hold that prestigious title within your organization? Well, I, I, I like somebody that, is, uh, that cares. Uh, and, and cares enough, when I say cares, cares about people, cares enough to confront, cares enough not to give up, cares enough to, to uh, you know, about the customer because uh, the analogy we use when you ask somebody for their business more than two or three times, we use the analogy of a family. That how many times do you ask your children to clean up after themselves? How many times do you ask them to do homework? If they said no the first or second time, do you just say, well, I give up? The reason you don't give up is because you care about them and you love them. So you want that same quality that you have in parenting, that you have with somebody that's gonna be a coach here. You want them to care enough with people that they don't give up. You want them to care about the customer enough that you ask them a second or third time, why should they do business with you? Because you're the best sales consultant, because you have the best dealership, because you're gonna take better care of them. And if you truly care about somebody, you've earned the right to ask somebody a second or third time. You've earned the right to ask the sales consultant to do something a second or third or fourth or fifth time, because you do care. One of the objections I hear a lot about training is that GMs feel that their seasoned guys don't need training or won't cooperate with the training program. I often refer to your book, The Theory of Five. There was a lot in that book that I subscribed to in life, but just forgot. So from your perspective, how do you feel 
someone should overcome an objection when they're, you know, when I'm being told that a GM is seasoned or they can't get them to cooperate. But I would say, and I don't know if I can say this in this interview, Bull, you know, they know it and I know it, that what they're saying is bull is that I don't care if you have 20 years, 30 years, I've been doing it for 34 years, I go to classes and, and what you're saying is so accurate. Half the things or 80% of the things I know already, I just forget and I'm not using it. And what it does is it, I'm taking the notes and all of a sudden I come back and I'm saying, now here's three or four things, you know what, that I'm just not doing and I know I should be doing but I forgot about or I start focusing in another direction Every one of the sales consultants that are veterans, they know it. If they look at themselves in the mirror, yeah, and they tell themselves the truth, the fact is there's things that they could be doing that they're not doing right now that they're gonna be reminded of. More importantly than that is sometimes that, that enthusiasm of a new person, the youthful mindset, and I'm not saying youthful in age, but just that, that enthusiasm you see from somebody else rubs off on you and all of a sudden you look at it and say, wait a second, you know what I am missing? I know what they're talking about here, but I, but I don't have that enthusiasm that that person next to me have. I don't have the excitement that I have that that person now has sitting next to me. In page 35 of your book, I read a quote about pleasure versus pain. I see the Kelly organization as one that looks at things long-term, the macro, that you make business decisions that don't solely affect quarterly sales. Can you elaborate on the importance of that strategy? Well, I, I will say that it's a never-ending battle between short-term and long-term. It's a never-ending battle between being a quantitative manager and a people manager. Uh, and I, I'm a believer that it always has to be people first. You know, people are the most precious commodity that we have in any business that you have. Uh, that's what makes a difference. And that's what's gonna give us the numbers that we want. But sometimes when you get stuck too much into looking at the numbers, and you get too much into looking at advertising or sending people investing money in training that if we all come back to the main mindset is if you just again the analogy of sports that every great sports team invests in their people invest in training there's no sports team nobody will ever tell me of any sports team that is exceptional or stood out or won a championship and they didn't train they were always the best trainers they spent the most time they invested in their people so they still have presidents that are looking at, they have people looking at numbers also, but they realize they're never gonna get to where they need to be without the right training, without the right coaches, without the right leaders. You mentioned David in your book, Theory of Five. Mm -hmm. How has he influenced you and how have you applied that within your dealership? Well, David and I not only have met each other 20 years ago through training, we've also become personal friends, and part of that is because we've debated so much. It's not that we agree all the time, but what we do both have is we both want to be great, we both want to excel, and there are many conversations over dinner, we will sit there for hours just debating a topic with the same goal. The goal is always to improve, the, go the goal is always to, to stand out, the goal is always to dominate or improve, but sometimes we have a different way, and you know, as I said before, conflict isn't bad. Conflict creates chemistry because we know we have the same passion. There's nothing wrong between two managers or two sales consultants, and sometimes it comes down to the personality that somebody has. You know, you meet a customer that has a very dominant, strong personality, you know, th there's a certain process you have to use, and you're gonna talk to them a different way. We sometimes have to be like chameleons, and that's why you, there's never-ending 
training. There's different ways and different things you say, no different than we all have different friends that we behave differently around, because it's a group of social people that you met maybe from high school or college or athletics or in business. That's how you have to be with every customer, and that's why continuous training of all type of training. So you wanna read, you wanna go to David Lewis, you wanna read different books, you wanna read business books that aren't part of it, you wanna uh, read uh, books and watch videos on just on how to improve or just a way to think about life. Your book Theory of Five is doing very well. What was the most surprising feedback you've received from it so far? Well, this is a unique situation. It was um, probably 10 o'clock on a Friday night about a month ago, I had a gentleman that uh, I've never met, but on social media, he's contacted me, we've talked through social media, and he called me up and he uh, said that, uh, Chris, I just wanna thank you. I was reading uh, a section in your book, and he said, you know, I decided today I was gonna end my life. Uh, and uh, I didn't end my life, he said, I went through a divorce, and I lost my my, I felt like I lost my whole life. I lost my wife, I lost my children, and I just didn't think life was worth uh, going through. And he said, and I read your section when you went through your divorce, and he said, what you described, how you felt, is exactly what I'm feeling. And I just didn't believe anyone had the same feelings I had. And after reading what you described, I thought, I feel like it's me that wrote this. Uh, and I look at it and said, you, know, you seem like you have a really good life. You know, why am I giving up? You know, why am I giving up so so easily because of this? Because, so he said, I just, if you don't think that you've influenced anybody, you've influenced one person, and you've influenced a family. So that is by far the, the number one comment that I've had, that it was shocking and. That's a great story. Yeah. That's, a, that's an incredible story, mm -hmm. wonderful. What obstacles will the retail automotive industry see in the next five to 10 years? I think there's gonna be so many other competitors jumping in. I, I see Amazon jumping in because they're starting to advertise. Uh, you know, you got Tesla out there, you got Google, uh, you know, they could do anything they want with the, with the money that they, they want. I see the bigger dealers getting bigger. I th see smaller dealers disappearing, or uh, unless you have a big dealership, it's gonna be tougher to compete because of economies of scale. Uh, I see uh, uh, customers wanting things more transparent. I, I believe, and, I, and everybody sees it right now, the margins that you have on a new car and a used car are shrinking. Why are they shrinking? It's because everything's so transparent, and they can shop anywhere online and go anywhere they want. Even on used cars, that was always something that, that you had some margins. Now you really only have where you can make a, uh, a decent profit margin on a unique vehicle. If it's a unique vehicle and you can't find it anywhere and there's only a few of them across the country or in your market, you can still make a margin. But uh, I think we have to learn it's gotta be uh, volume, uh, it's gotta be service business, and we have to we have to take service business back from the the uh, smaller shops or the the quick lube centers or the I'm gonna I don't want to mention any any place specific but there's hundreds of them out there that are taking business and and they only took business from us because of because we were too slow to move and uh, and because the dealers were too slow to move they came in and said ha. We could grab this business, and not only we're we gonna grab the oil and filters, we're gonna grab tires. And uh, I'm a big believer that you own the tires. 
and you own the service, you own the customer. Uh, you start letting people go get tires somewhere else and they're gonna service your business somewhere else, you lose that customer. You keep people for tires and service, you're gonna keep that customer coming back for sales also. I would tell you that, uh, that if you gave somebody a choice between, hey, you can only buy from two dealerships in town, uh, and one has a great sales department, honest, transparent, but they're gonna try to take advantage of you in service. The other place across town is gonna try to take advantage of you in sales, but in service they're gonna be transparent, they're gonna be honest, they're gonna do everything in the right way, they're gonna fix it right the first time. You can only buy and service from one place, people are gonna still choose the place where, they, where they're gonna to try to take advantage of them in sales, but the service is gonna be great. The benefit is that we have a choice of being great at both. Right. We can be great in sales and service as long as we provide the training and you do the right things every day and you're always focusing on improving. So before we end, I wanna talk a little bit about millennials because I hear a lot of complaining about millennials. I don't have a problem with millennials. I think, I, I, to me, it's generation, it's no different than the generation that came before, yes. and before that, before that. Talk a little bit about the millennials that you brought on and your experience and how, yeah, everyone thinks that they don't wanna work or there's a di or they're any different than the generation before. Well, I think you've hit it on the head where every generation thinks the generation after them is lazy and isn't as bright or doesn't care as much, doesn't uh, focus as much. Uh, I would tell you the millennials, uh, I think they just want to be involved. They want to be involved. Uh, I believe that the, the generation before me and the before that, you can be much more directive and tell people do it because I'm the boss. I don't believe millennials you know, will accept that. They're gonna look at it, they want, they want to be involved. It, what we're talking about here today with training is ideal for the millennials. They eat it up, they love it, because they want to be part of a company that cares. They want to be able to talk to all their friends and say, I'm in the auto industry, and you wouldn't believe the training I go through. You wouldn't believe how much the dealer cares about me and what they did to set me up for success. And they don't want to be, be, they don't want someone saying, because I told you, because I'm the boss. They want them to say, is the reason you do this is X, Y, Z. Here's the benefit to you. Here's the benefit to the dealership. Here's the benefit to the customer. They want to see a benefit to everybody on why you're doing certain things. We don't want to just say, make 10 phone calls. They want to know, well, what do I say? Why do I say this? What's the benefit of me saying this? They want explanation. So. I believe that the millennials, and part of the reason I believe they feel that way is because think about this. It's the first time that you had a young group of people where their parents were asking their opinion and asking them to show me how to do this. And I would grab my phone here and show you because I don't know how many times most people in my age group would say to their children, now how do I do this on here? So think of my parents didn't ask me Chris, how do you do this when I was 12 and 13 years old? They never asked me that. But I believe we've trained the, the millennials that they're used to involvement. They're, they're used to even showing their parents how to do certain things because technology's changed so much in the last 20 to 30 years. So that's why I believe they think that way. I think it's great that they're questioning things. I believe it's, I think it's exceptional that they want to be involved. They want to understand what's going on versus just saying, because I said so. They don't want to hear that. And they will go to companies that share and teach and care. On page 15, you talk about or versus and. I love this uh, about your mentors. 
Can you just elaborate a little bit on that, on that chapter? Well, we, we call it the Tyranny of the Ore. It's uh, by Jim Collins. And, and we've used this for years because it was a book we read, you know, 20-some years ago when it was Saturn. They recommended this book. And uh, the Tyranny of the Ore is where somebody would say, using a child, for example, hey, Dad, do you want me to do my homework or, or be good in school or do you want me to be good uh, at sports? And the answer is uh, both. And I want you to be good in school and I want you to be good in sports. I want you to be make sure your room is cleaned and I want you to do this. And too many people will get stuck in the tyranny of the or, or do you want me to sell lots of vehicles or do you want me to have good customer satisfaction? We want you to have sell lots of vehicles. We want you to have great customer satisfaction. We want you to have great team member satisfaction. We want you to be great in the community. It's and, and, and versus or. Uh, so too many people we believe in life and in business get stuck in what we call the tyranny of the or. I love this chapter. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, I think there's so many people that become victims that when they're working with somebody that's a leader, uh, and I wouldn't even call them a leader, but they're a manager at that time, and uh, they're doing things the wrong way, they may use foul language, they may not coach, they may not teach, they may not invest in their people, they may, they may, may not do training, they may talk down to people, that rather than feel like a victim, they should be learning in their mind and saying, you know what, I am never, when I become a leader, and I get that position as a manager, I'm gonna be a leader, not a manager, and I'm gonna coach, I'm gonna care, I'm never gonna make somebody feel the way this person made myself and other people feel. So you can learn a lot from them. Rather than be a victim, you wanna be a victor and say, what am I learning from this person? We learn more sometimes, I believe, from the, the most successful people and prosperous people I've ever met, learn from their anti-mentors what not to do. And they've learned not to be a victim, they learn to be a victor and say, I will, when I get this opportunity, I'm gonna make sure I excel and I'm gonna make sure I do all the things that person didn't do. I don't wanna be like them. I love that. Uh, last but not least, um, leave your ego at the door on page 28. I love that. Can you speak a little well, bit? Well, that's that? perfect for training because I, I, I see so many people that have had, well, I've had 20 years in business. I've had 40 years. I don't need to go through training. Uh, and that's just a big ego talking saying, uh, you know, well, you can still learn. You know, we could all continue to grow. You're gonna be reminded of things. It, I, whenever anyone says that to me, my challenge to them is I find something that they do. Being that if somebody likes to uh, cook, if there's somebody likes to, you know, invest uh, in business or properties or financials, to say, do you stop learning there? What's the difference? You know, every, there's, uh, there's, there's gotta be something in life you have passion for that you wanna to continue to grow. Why just be in business or work and just say I'm gonna do the same things over and over and over again? There are some core foundations that make people successful, but there's always little tweaks we could do to get better in every area of our life. Excellent, thank you so much for well, thank today. You. It was such a pleasure. Oh, same here, thank you. Thank you.